You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're very happy to be here with you today and glad that you're able to join us. My Strategy Radio episodes are live on Saturdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're going to be talking about the damaging effect of negativity and how positivity may be the best cure. Well, again, very happy to be here with you today. Um, Saturday is a great day of the week to reflect on the prior week and think about all that we have accomplished and put together some plans for the upcoming week. But keep in mind that now or any time is a good time to assess your personal development strategy. That's what we do here at the My Strategy Radio Show. Our show continues to grow. We're available on iHeart, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and many more digital platforms. You can go find past episodes there. You can find me on most social media platforms. My Twitter handle is at HawkinsJohn, and our website is JohnMHawkins.com. So JohnMHawkins.com. Just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals because the best laid plans don't always work. This week, we're looking for stories on positivity or negativity. Or negativity. If you have a good example or perhaps a tip or a trick, please send it our way. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the damaging effect of negativity. Now, negativity is the product of depression and security and can stem from life events. I'm going to talk about the power in positive thinking. There's many benefits from being positive. I'm going to talk about some studies that prove the power of positive thinking and all of its benefits. To talk about ways to stay positive when everything around us seems awful. And then talk about some strategies that we can focus on the positivity and not the negativity, because optimism is a choice. All right, I've got an article here. It's called "The Damaging Effect of Negativity" by Bree Maloney. She said, you may, might, you, might, you may think that a disease or illness is the reason for your tired body or prolonged aches, but have you ever thought that thinking negatively might be the reason? 
pessimism affects more than just your emotional health. In fact, doctors have found that people with high levels of negativity are more likely to suffer from degenerative brain diseases, cardiovascular problems, digestive issues, and they recover from sickness much slower than those with a positive mindset. What causes this negativity? Well, negativity is often the product of depression or insecurity. It can stem from illness, life events, personality problems, and substance abuse. Like many things in life, negativity too can be a habit. Frequent criticism, cynical thoughts, and denial can create neural pathways in the brain that encourage your sadness. These negative tendencies can cause our brain to distort the truth, make it even more difficult to break the negativity cycle. Luckily, most habits can be broken. And as she states here, many experts say it takes 21 days to break a habit. She then goes through some of the types of negativity. Cynicism, the general distrust of people and their motives. Hostility, unfriendliness towards others, unwilling to develop relationships. And as I go through these, think about which ones you can relate with. Third is filtering, only noticing the bad in what should be a happy experience or memory. Polarized thinking, the belief that if someone else or something is not perfect, they must be horrible. Jumping to conclusions, assuming something bad will happen because of circumstances in the present. Blaming. Blaming others for personal maladies and feeling like you are a victim to life's uncontrollable events. Emotional reasoning. Using your emotions to define what is real and what is not. The fallacy of change. Thinking that if people or circumstances change, that will be, that will make you happy. The heaven reward fallacy. Type of negativity that assumes there will always be a reward for hard work and sacrifice. When the reward does not come, you become bitter and depressed. Some interesting types of negativity there. She goes on to talk about how it affects the body. Negative thoughts and emotion are a natural response to disaster and heartache. But extending bouts of negativity can result in serious health problems. She says negativity sends our body in distress or fight or flight mode. Our bodies are designed to deal with stressful situations by releasing cortisol into the bloodstream, making you more alert and focused. Though some stress is good for us, too much can be detrimental to our health. Extended periods of negativity slows digestion, decreases the immune system's ability to f fight inflammation. This is also why negative people are more likely to be sick than the optimists. Common side effects are headache, chest pain, fatigue, upset stomach, sleep problems, anxiety, depression, social withdrawal, drastic changes in metabolism, and prolonged negativity also hurts mental health. She goes on more to talk about ways to overcome negativity. 
I think the question here from a personal development perspective is that we need to realize that having some stress in our life is extremely important. It helps challenge, challenge us, force that muscle tissue to grow. But when we're constantly inundated and in a negative mood, it can actually cause more harm. And it is not going to challenge those muscles. It's not going to help us become a better person. And that is what we want to focus on today. It's really thinking about this from a personal development perspective, thinking about this from a strategy. How can we go about getting ourselves into the right balance of positivity, negativity, to be able to help us continue to grow? And while it is true that stress and some stress on our bodies is good, it can help us grow, if you have too much stress, it is going to have damaging results. Quick case in point, if you go for a you know, one-mile walk, it might not be that big of a deal. You're going to get your body flowing. You're going to get some exercise a mile isn't too much, but what if you are doing 10 miles and you haven't prepared for it, or 15 miles walking straight, or 20 miles? So that same type of analogy with regard to walking can be applied directly to us and how we need to be thinking about our own stress in our lives. There's people who are going to be putting stress on you in any number of different ways. There's people out there who perhaps have ill intentions and are focusing on manipulative tactics to force you to behave a certain way. And I think what's important for us this week as we focus on our strategy and we focus on personal development is to be able to realize where we are and how these are impacting us from a human perspective. And the better we are able to take a look at our stresses and figure out when to have positivity, when to be negative, when to put stress on our bodies and our minds is ultimately going to help us with our development strategy. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the power in positive thinking. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. 
what if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to Easy sense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation hello and welcome back everyone i'm john m hawkins the show is called my strategy and we're coming to you live from the bbm global network and tune in radio right before the break we were talking about the damaging effect of negativity in this segment i want to talk about the power and positive thinking. There's a lot of power in positive thinking. I've got an article here titled The Power of Positive Thinking. Aging well, age-related depression. Mood and stress, maintaining a healthy mind as you age. So there's heartwarming news for us. People with a family history of heart disease who also had a positive outlook on life were one-third less likely to have a heart attack or other cardiovascular event within 5 to 25 years than those with a more negative outlook. That's the finding from Johns Hopkins expert Lisa R. Yannick, MPH, and her colleagues. The finding held, even in people with family history who had the most risk factors for coronary artery disease, and positive people from the general population were 13% less likely than their negative counterparts to have a heart attack or other coronary event. Yannick and her team determined positive versus negative outlook using a survival tool that assesses a person's cheerfulness, energy level, anxiety levels, and satisfaction with health and overall life. But you don't need a survey to assess your own positivity, says Yannick. I think people tend to know how they are. Hope and your heart, she goes on. The mechanism for the connection between health and positivity remains murky, but researchers suspect that people who are more positive may be better protected against the inflammatory damage of stress. Another possibility is that hope and positivity help people make better health and life decisions and focus more on their long-term goals. Studies also find that negative emotions can weaken immune responses. What is clear, however, is that there is a definite there's definitely a strong link between positivity and health. Additional studies have found that positive attitude improves outcomes and life satisfaction across a spectrum of conditions, including traumatic brain injury, stroke, and brain tumors. This is an interesting study here. 
the fact that positivity can help us and strengthen our immune system. It says, can you boost your bright side? Although a positive personality is something we're born with and not something we can inherently change. I believe that. Yannick says, there are steps you can take to improve your outlook and reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease. She goes on to give us some tips. And I think this is a good point because we are all born with our personalities at birth. Some of us tend to be stubborn, some positive, some negative. We all have our different outlook on life. But I'm going to take this uh, advice here and, and see if there's a way it can help. Because I think that if we can shift our mindset, maybe it is possible for those of us who are negative to become more positive. So we're going to try these. Simply smile more. The University of Kansas study found that smiling, even fake smiling, reduces heart rate and blood pressure during stressful situations. So try a few minutes of YouTube humor therapy when you're stomping your feet waiting in line or fuming over a work or family situation. It's difficult not to smile when watching a favorite funny video. I think that's true. Watching a movie takes me to a different place and gets me thinking about things in a different perspective. Practice reframing is another strategy. Instead of stressing about a traffic jam, for instance, appreciate the fact that you can't afford a car and you get to spend a few extra minutes listening to music or the news, accepting that there is absolutely nothing you can do about the traffic. That's one of those things I've been working on this year is focusing on what I can control, what is within my scope of control. If I focus on big issues or things that I have no control over, I found myself being worried that I could not affect change. And as a result of that, it increased stress. And so that's one of the things that I've been working on for this year. And we, had, we did have some unusual circumstances in 2020, and some of those continue in 2021. But we all need to think about our own tactics and our own strategies that we can use to help with our personal development. Next one is build resiliency. Resiliency is the ability to adapt to stressful and or negative situations and losses. Experts recommend these key ways to build yours. Maintain good relationships with family and friends. Accept that change is part of life. Take actions on problems rather than just hoping they'll disappear or waiting for them to resolve themselves. Go on to talk about some diseases like cardiovascular disease and how that can impact your health. And immune responses and how your immune system recognizes and defends itself against bacteria, toxins, and other harmful substances. So interesting here. Is there a correlation between being positive, positivity, and your health? I think there's some indications here with regard to that. And if we can find a way to overcome that negativity, 
Could it boost our immune system? Could it make us stronger? Could it put us in a better light and to a point where we are able to grow? We're going to talk a little bit about that after the break. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about five studies that prove the power of positive thinking. We'll be right back. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Very happy to be here with you today. Glad you could join us. Uh, My Strategy uh, radio episodes are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right before the break, we were talking about the power and positive thinking. And in this segment, I want to talk about some studies that prove the power of positive thinking. The theory is that if, if we are positive, well, actually the theory is that if we have a lot of negativity in our life, it can help us grow. But too much negativity is going to increase our stress to the levels where we're not going to be able to bounce back, be resilient. So the, the theory is that we will be, by being positive about our lives, that we're going to be able to strengthen our immune system and ultimately help us accomplish more of what we want to accomplish because we're going to be in the right mindset. So five scientific studies that prove the power of positive thinking Mark Guidi is the author. He says, there is nothing either good or bad. 
but thinking makes it so, according to Hamlet. Happier people live longer and are healthier and are more successful in life. Instead of searching for what or who can make us happy, take a scientific approach to happiness. If we learn how to supplant negative, hopeless thoughts with positive imagery or feelings, we increase our chance at happiness. This may sound like pop psychology, but it is in fact steeped in scientific proof. Mark went out and found some studies published in peer-reviewed journals that prove the power of positive thinking. Study number one talks about proving the power of positive visualizations. In this study, in this positive thinking study, published in March of 2016, the Journal of Behavioral Research and Therapy, these are researchers from King's College in London, tested 102 subjects diagnosed with anxiety disorder. They asked one group to visualize and imagine a positive outcome to each of the three worries they'd had in the past week. Another group to think of verbal positive outcomes and the last group to visualize any positive image whenever they start to worry. These two groups that visualized a positive image, whether it related to a specific worry or not reported greater happiness, restfulness, and decreased anxiety. It's not bad. Decre uh, they reported greater happiness, restfulness, and decreased anxiety. Study number two shows that happiness makes you successful rather than success makes you happy. There was a review published in an article of the Psychological Bulletin that examined studies of over 275,000 people. They found that the happiest people owe their success in part to optimism and a positive outlook. Dr. Liu Bomersky, head researcher from UC Riverside, concluded, when people feel happy, they tend to feel confident, optimistic, and energetic, and others find them likable and sociable. Happy people are thus able to benefit from these perceptions. Hmm, is that true? Do we like to be around people that are positive, optimistic, and happy? Or do we prefer people who are the realists, who focus on what is not good? I'll let you answer that question. I'm going to think about it a little bit. Study, studies that prove short-term stress strengthens the immune system, but long-term stress ravages the body. Researchers led by Dr. Siegerstrom at the University of Kentucky analyzed over 300 separate studies done in the previous 30 years within the psychological community based on the effects of stress on humans. And they concluded that when people face a stressful situation, they get a burst of adrenaline boost their, that helps their immune system and helps them to better deal with the immediate situation. But over time, if they continue to stress about an event, their immune system breaks down, causing illness, depression, anxiety disorder. If you can't change your situation, change your thinking about it or else. That's hard to do, right? I mean, if you 
are being inundated with negative thoughts. It becomes a habit, and you might not realize that you are not feeling as well or you're getting sick. So that's where we need to assess and analyze and determine exactly what are we doing? What is our current state? And then what are those steps we need to take to help put us on a better path? The fourth study is a Penn Resilience Program, works for children, college students, and now soldiers in the U.S. Army. This program, based on several decades of research, successfully helped people to become more resilient to stress and anxiety by increasing their mental fitness. Students learn coping mechanisms and how to increase their levels of positivity in the areas of emotional, social, spiritual, and family well-being. This helps them better cope with stress, trauma at work or school, and is now being taught by the Army as a preventative measure against post-traumatic stress. Number five, the Nunn study proved that a positive, the positive thoughts led to a longer life. Researchers from the University of Kentucky examined autobiographies written in 1930 by nuns living together in the same convent over the years. These nuns were between the ages of 18 to 32 years old and rated them on a scale of positivity. Sixty years later, the researchers contacted the surviving nuns, now aged 75 through 90. Of those that were still alive, half had lived beyond the average life expectancy. Of the longest living survivors, all of them had scored high on the positive thoughts or feeling about life in their journals that were written back in 1930, regardless of the circumstances. He asks a rhetorical question, what do you think? What do you think? Now, are there correlation, is there a correlation between positive thoughts and between our happiness, our success? You know, he pointed out five studies here that tend to show that there is a correlation. And the question is, how positive are we? And what strategies can we be working on to help increase our positivity, which can lead to increased health benefits and potentially a longer life? You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Take a quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about the way to stay positive when everything is awful. We'll be right back. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. 
Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of The Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com, plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. We're very happy to be here with you today. If you're just joining us, today we're talking about the damaging effects of negativity and how positivity might just be the best cure. We're talking about the effects of negativity on our body, the power of positive thinking. We just talked about many of the studies that correlate our positive mood to increased health benefits. In the segment, I want to talk about the way to stay positive when the outlook might be bleak. I've got an article here by Bill Taylor. Talks about ways to stay optimistic. This was written this year as... Bill was reflecting on 2020 and the negative impact of COVID. He says, these are trying times for optimists. COVID deaths remain tragically high. Job growth remains stubbornly low. Many of our colleagues and kids are feeling stressed, exhausted, angry. They are hitting the pandemic wall. No wonder a recent front page article in the Wall Street Journal, which was chronicled The COVID-driven struggles of companies and universities highlighted a crisis at a different kind of organization. Optimist International, a 110-year-old club with chapters around the world. The membership now at 60,000, down from a high of 190,000. Although club leaders remain true to their guiding spirit, when you hit rock bottom... The only direction you can go is back up, said one chapter head, who declared that she was getting her optimistic groove back. Goes on to say it's important for all of us to get our optimistic groove back. John Gardner, the fabled scholar of leadership whose insights have influenced generations of executives, argued that positive change rarely starts from blind faith or naivete, but it also doesn't start from despair or defeatism. The first and last task of a leader is to keep hope alive. Another period of turmoil and struggle. We need to believe in ourselves, in our future, but not to believe that life is easy. Bill goes on to say, in other words, leadership leaders help their colleagues be realists and optimists. But whether you're running a company or managing a team, 
How do you keep your colleagues upbeat when the whole world is feeling down? How do you keep hope alive when things seem pretty hopeless? How do we do that? Last year, we had so much negative news that it got to a point where I just expected something to happen every week. In addition to COVID, we had serious fires throughout the regions, in many regions. There was flooding. There were other things that were happening. In fact, I was personally impacted. I was in a stage four evacuation zone where we were minutes away from being told that we had to leave our home. So lots of things happened. Fortunately, we didn't have to, and they got the fires under control. But there's just a lot of negativity going on. So he talks about four pieces of advice that are drawn from renowned thinkers on organizational life, innovation, even meditation. He says that I'm optimistic will help you shape a more positive future. Well, I'd love to apply these to my own life because I can tell you that with all the struggles that have been happening over the past few years, I would be a good or I am a good test subject. So let's read on and see if they can help. First is insist on crisp execution. Make room for organizational foolishness. In times as demanding as these, it's impossible to succeed without embracing the grind, the day-to-day struggle to meet the needs of anxious customers, collaborate with stressed-out colleagues, balance work and family. But this organizational attention to detail can't come at the expense of imagination and brainstorming. What's celebrated Stanford Business School professor James G. March calls organizational foolishness. In his seminar paper, Footnotes to Organizational Change, he describes how the best leaders balance explicitly sensible process of change, such as careful planning, sound project management with slack time, experiments, blue sky thinking, certain elements of foolishness that can be difficult to justify but but are important to the broader system of innovation. I think that's important, right? As we got into these different situations, last year, this year, you know, how much do we buckle down and focus on the task at hand? That's the tactical thinking, going through the motions, executing, living with that crisis that has come up in our daily in our daily lives. But what they're saying here is that if we just keep that mindset, if we just focus specifically on that tactical execution, we lose the ability to think beyond that. We lose innovation. We lose our ability. We are convergent thinkers as opposed to divergent thinkers. And I think there's some, some definitely some truth to that. He goes on to say that achieving the balance has never been more important, not just for the healthy performance of the organization, but for the mental health of your colleagues. It's hard for people to be positive when they don't get a chance to play. Invite everyone to become a problem solver and give them room to fix things. More than a decade ago, Sarah D. Sarasi published an influential study of how innovators and entrepreneurs actually got stuff done. She argued is that successful innovators predict a future others 
can't see. They develop a finely tuned plan to turn that future into reality. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live in the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about some strategies that you can use to focus on positivity, not negativity. We'll be right back. America is out of control. Today's capitalism and the approach to money is in fact the symptom of a more widespread pattern of excessive behavior. In his book, The Culture of Excess, How America Lost Self-Control and Why We Need to Redefine Success, clinical psychologist Dr. Jay Slosar portrays an America where excess fuels the drive to succeed. Dr. Slosar examines the cultural factors that lead to excess ranging from obesity to fraud to pervasive budget deficits. His book examines the powerful economic and social factors and their impact on our psychological well-being. Dr. Slosar explores the psychological impact of increasing narcissism, perfectionism, self-destruction, and our identity confusion. He offers recommendations for helping Generation Me become Generation We. Those who resist Slosar's message will want to avoid his discussion of regulation and his recent message that at this point, democracy must be more important than today's capitalism. Get his book now online or by visiting thecultureofexcess.com. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Very happy to be here with you today. My Strategy radio episodes are on Saturdays. They are live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right before the break, we were talking about ways to stay positive when things look bleak, or to be specific, when things are awful, was according to an article by um, an author. In this segment, I want to talk about strategies to focus on positivity, not negativity. And that is assuming that you subscribe to the theory that positivity will improve your health. It will help you develop a stronger immune system, which potentially can increase your lifespan, help make you more successful, all sorts of good things. Now, on this show, we always have to have a bit of skepticism. So we are continuing to investigate this to determine if there is some credibility in it. Got an article here by Amy Morin. Being optimist, being optimistic when the world around you isn't. 
It's possible to look on the bright side even no one, even when no one else is. I'm going to tell you, this is such a hard thing to do before I even start going down this road. Because many times we become so entrenched in our own perspective, in our own view on the world, we all have different habits, different dietary uh, diets that we follow. And all of those things, exercise patterns, all of those things have an impact. So while we're going through this, let's realize that we want to look at this from a fresh perspective. And perhaps Amy can enlighten us with her thoughts. She starts off by saying, sometimes it's hard to be happy when you think about what's going on in the world. It's harder still when people around you constantly complain about all those things that are happening. That doesn't mean you have to join the ranks with the pessimists. In fact, it means more importantly than to ever look for the bright side as much as possible. She goes on to talk about some of the benefits of being optimistic over pessimistic. Quotes the study from University of Pittsburgh that concluded that women who had an optimistic outlook had a 30% lower risk of heart disease. Also talks about the University of Michigan study linked to optimism to lower risk of stroke and how additional research published in the Canadian Medical Journal found that optimists are less likely to experience disabilities when they get older and end up living longer than the pessimists. So her, what she says is that optimism is a choice. If you think you're a natural born pessimist and there's no way you can turn your mindset around, think again. Research published in the Journal of Behavior Therapy and Experimental Psychiatry compared two groups of people to test their thinking patterns. The first group completed a five minute exercise that involved thinking positive thoughts about their future while the second group just went about their daily lives without making an effort to think optimistically. The first group significantly increased their optimism over the two-week period, with many of them feeling more optimistic just after one day. And if you want to be a more optimistic person, despite the negativity surrounding you, then you can take measures to think positively and spread that optimistic outlook to those around you. She says, we have to do this by changing the way we think. And just as a side note, we did a podcast on divergent versus convergent thinking. You might want to check that out if you're interested in exploring changing the way you think. She says, you have choices in life. You can spend the day cleaning or spend the day reading. You can go out to dinner or cook at home. You can have coffee with that long-lost friend, or you can just blow them off. And finally, you can decide to be positive, or you can decide on living like you are. Being an optimistic person in a negative world begins with the decision to be positive and choosing to live that life every single day. How learned optimism can improve your life. So just avoid negativity altogether. You might refer to them as whiners or even toxic. But however you think of them, pessimists suck the positive energy out of the room. These people think the world revolves around them. They often lack any sense of empathy for others. It's important to establish health boundaries with people 
who chronically choose to stay stuck in their own misery. That may mean to have that may mean having to say things to a friend like, I noticed every time I offer you an idea and how you can make your situation better, you insist nothing will work. I'm not sure I can help. I think this is true, right? We run into people all the time who we're talking to. And no matter what you tell them, there's always a negative response. There's always somebody else is responsible for your current situation. And it becomes... A habit. They get stuck in that pattern. She says, how do we go about changing our mindset? She says, we need to recognize there's negative thinking. It's okay to acknowledge that bad things might happen. After all, ignoring reality isn't helpful. In fact, being realistic could be the key to doing your best. If you're excessively positive about an upcoming interview, you might not spend any time preparing because you're confident you're going to land the job. If, however, you have exaggerated negative outlook, you might sabotage your chances of getting hired, thinking no one will ever hire me. This could cause you to feel defeated and walk into the interviewer room without any confidence, and that could keep you from getting hired. She goes on to give us other tips like cultivate positivity, while it's not your job to make everyone happy, it doesn't hurt to perk up someone's day once a day. Share some positive feedback with someone. Making other people feel positive has a lasting effect on your life, she says. Positive thinking apps. Imagine a positive future. It sounds a bit geeky, but write down your ideas of optimistic future that can truly make a difference when it comes to your overall outlook. And this, this does help, right? We've talked about the concept of journalism, of journal, journaling, writing down our future state, our desired future state, and what steps we need to take to get there. Now they have apps for that. Practice gratitude. Thinking about all the things you have to be grateful for, from one warm sunshine to clean water, can give you an instant boost of optimism. I can tell you, I know in the height of last year in the pandemic, you know, one of the things that helped me get my head straight was, um, you know, there's so much negativity going on. I drove to one of the waterfalls uh, near where I live and, and taking that drive is only a 20 minute drive. But getting there, it completely reset my my mental uh, frame of mind. Any event, she talks about practicing gratitude and other tactics that you can use. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to help you put your plan in place. We'll be right back. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. 
She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations, Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is called My Strategy. We're nearing the end of this broadcast. And in case you missed this episode, you can listen on uh, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, or any one of the many digital podcast platforms. And if you'd like to have something covered in this show, send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or give us a call at 844-MY-STRATEGY. That's 844-MY-STRATEGY. In this episode, we've been talking about the damaging effects of negativity and how positivity may be the best cure. There are damaging effects to negativity. Negativity can be a product of depression. Insecurity can stem from life events, personality traits or problems substance abuse, abuse, and much more. When we are too negative, can cause our brain to distort the truth. We talked about the many different types of negativity out there. And then talked about the importance of positive thinking. How positive thinking does have benefits. Positive people from the general population are 13% less likely than their negative counterparts to have a heart attack. Hope and positivity can help people to make better decisions. We then talked about some of the studies that have been done to correlate the power of positive thinking and benefits. Talked about this study of providing the power of visualizations, visualizing a positive outcome. The study with regard to happiness, how it can make you successful. Now, short-term stress strengthens the body, but long-term stress ravages the body. And the Nun study that proved that a positive thoughts lead to longer life. We talked about when everything is awful, how do we stay positive and how important it is to get our optimistic groove back. But we, how do we keep ourselves and hope alive when everything seems hopeless? Achieving the balance is the most important it comes down to us making a conscious decision. Optimism is a choice. Learn to change how you think. Learn how optimism can help you avoid negativity. 
and recognize negative thinking and change it before it changes you. This means that we're going to need to be aware of these negative habits and patterns. We're going to need to consciously prioritize what we focus on in our daily lives and ultimately get some clarity through a coach, a friend, somebody who can help you see things from a different perspective. Getting that different perspective is going to help you assess where you are. Think about the strategies and actions you are taking. Perhaps replace some of those strategies with new strategies, ultimately helping you get to your outcome, a better outcome, a better goal. All of this comes down to being accountable, though. We need to make a commitment to ourselves. We need to make a commitment that what we are focusing on, what we are working on is going to help us in the long run. And sometimes that's hard to do, but if we can do it, it will definitely improve our life. Well, that's all the show we have for this week. Great to be here with you. Glad you could join us. We'll see you next time. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. We've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.